in a, in a moment I realized I wasn't honoring my medium. So, and what I mean by that, I realized that I wasn't honoring um, filmmaking in the in the sense of how I wanted to eventually become a filmmaker or a creative. Hey, hey, welcome to the Up and Becoming podcast, a space for inspiring and empowering conversations for the dreamers, creators, and self-starters. I'm your host, Kurt Bingham, and you're listening to episode 13. In today's episode, I'm speaking with Gareth Pon. Gareth is a creative director, filmmaker, photographer, um, and has a dream to be a citizen of space. He's a friend of mine, and um, we first met each other uh, through Instagram um, until one day when I actually met him in Chicago and we hung out a bit. He's truly an inspiring person, and I can't wait for you guys to hear what we discuss when it comes to creativity, valuing yourself, and um, traveling to space. So enjoy today's episode. Today, I'm speaking with Gareth Pond. Um, we were just chatting before uh, I pressed record, and uh, it's good to catch up. I haven't seen him in quite a while, but I thought I'd give you guys just a little bit of insight into who he is. Um, it's a little blurb from uh, Huffington Post. So, <laughs> so <laughs> um, what it says is, Gareth Pond is... An evolvent daydreamer, multifaceted maker, Africa's top Instagrammer. Whatever Gareth Pond dreams, Gareth Pond captures. He's been featured on CNN, MTV, and has worked with Adobe, Fujifilm, and South African breweries. He also hides a rocket in all his photos. And these days he's working for Havast, one of the world's most integrated advertising and communications businesses on the planet. Hey, bro. (laughs) (laughs) What's up? (laughs) Well, wow, that's a that's a that's a bit of a throwback. Um, I know. When you I said Huffington like, Post. I was like, oh my gosh, is that still on the internet? I don't know. Actually, <laughs> I think it might have been like a LinkedIn and Huffington Post. <laughs> and I was like, I was kind of going blind. I'm like, we'll just chat about what you've been up to. Um, but I decided on Google, and Google has some nice things to say about you. Yeah, I mean, I think it's funny because I always tell people who. <laughs> And I don't do this on purpose, but like, I always tell people to like, just Google me and they're always like, whoa, what? It's just because like, when I was in my, in my, in my day of like doing a lot of like Instagram stuff, I um, made sure that I never turned down an interview and I was very intentional about getting, getting a lot of um, PR uh, with people and like with publications whenever I could. So if you Google me now, there's literally like, I think the last time I checked, there's 20 pages of like just Google results. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's a lot. It's kind um, of weird. It's weird. <laughs> it is totally weird. And it's funny because yeah. if you like go through all the different articles, I literally look absolutely different in every single one. Yeah, it's like the do. one I'll have like silver hair and the other one I'll be like this like kid <laughs> yeah anyway. silver hair with like aviators you know. <laughs> yeah. or i'll be wearing like a fedora and the next one i'm like who are you i think who if there was a guy? real masters of disguise you'd probably be that person because that is true i feel like you always change your look 
That's very true. The only way I can true. tell that you you is by your tattoos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, man. Well, do you, I actually really like to I ask everyone this question at the start of each podcast episode. But what did you want to become when you were a kid? Hmm. That is a good question. I think it's funny because I I actually took a I don't know what you call them in Australia, but like a basically like, like a career planning thing. <laughs> you do it where they ask you like. I think we call that boredom in Australia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's one of those things where they ask you like two hundred questions, and you do all these multiple choice things, and then they give you like the results of like what you should be when you leave high school, right? You no guys way. don't have those. Okay, well I did Maybe one we of did. those. I, all I remember <laughs> in my schooling was, Kurt, you either have to be a lawyer or a doctor because you get good grades. Like, that's pretty much it. So, I didn't well, really my, have a choice. My mom wanted me to be a dentist or a brain surgeon. And I was like, <laughs> I'm not being either of them. What's Sometimes your nationality? I, I'm, I'm third generation Asian South African, but I'm half Chinese and half Mauritian. No way. My yeah. friend Steffi is Mauritian. Oh, that's I awesome. interviewed her like the other week. Anyway, that's yeah, crazy. there's a two uh, Mauritians, Mauritians on the podcast. Mauritians get around. It's it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, like it's funny is when I did that test, like the the ins- the person who was doing the test was like, "This is crazy. You have so many amazing results." And they were going through. Literally, I had like a ninety percent match on. 30 different careers and i'm like yes this isn't isn't helpful (laughs) bro we're similar i i that happens to me as well whenever i do any test it's always like i get i get all the options so i never actually know what i am i'm just very (laughs) confused very confused because i feel like i know the answers so maybe i answer it to what i think the answer is yeah probably that's probably what i do (laughs) because i just want to win i don't care (laughs) it's not about my career it's about me winning this test exactly um but it's funny when she was showing the results i actually asked her if there was an astronaut on any of those results and she was like oh that's interesting i don't even think we have astronaut listed because that's not a possible career in south africa and i was like oh that sucks but um when yeah when i did the test i actually wanted to i was like straight up wanted to be an astronaut so I mean, that's something I've always, my, I've like, I've got this like dream to go to space and I definitely, I'll go to space one day before I die. Like it, it's definitely going to happen. So, um, yeah, I, <laughs> when I, if, when people, whenever people ask me that, I'm like, I wanted to be an astronaut. Mm. Um, I would have probably lived a very different life if I was born in the US or born in like a country that had a, a space program. Space program, yeah. Um, I would have definitely pursued something more like science-driven or scientific um, and become like a super geek. I've always been like good with numbers and good with like science and stuff. So, um, yeah, I would probably wouldn't be having this podcast with you. I'd probably be stuck in like a lab somewhere trying to solve like light speed travel or something or <laughs> um, trying to become yeah, an maybe. astronaut. But yeah, that's... But um, who knows, man? Maybe I'd still have the podcast with you. You'd just be an astronaut now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's... Well, I think something Gareth does that's really quirky is he hides a rocket in all of his photos, like Instagram. Yeah. Um, but 
Oh, there's so many, like, paths that I'd love to take right now. But I think... I think let's let's go down the... Let's go down just, like, when you were younger and you were thinking about wanting to become an astronaut yep. and where where did that kind of lead you because i guess today you're mm-hmm. kind of many things i guess you're a creative um photographer yeah. creative director etc etc um and those are labels and and skills i guess that you've you've grown but where did that kind of start where did um the journey yeah. of, of not being an astronaut but being a creative <laughs> kind sure. of stem um well, when I left, so I always, the first time I realized I was a creative was, was in um, nursery school, which is like when you're super young and the teacher oh. handed me a piece of paper and a pencil and she was like, draw something. And I drew a, a pigeon, funny enough. I have no idea why, but I remember drawing a pigeon and being like, wow, this is really fun. I think I'm creative. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> Yeah, and like I think when I left high school, I, I, I was like I said, I was I'm really good with numbers. I'm I've got a very logical mind, um, which is actually really funny because that's usually not a good thing for creative people. Um, but yeah. when I left high school, I ended up finding out um, that I just loved experimenting with things, right? Um, and I wanted to tell, I wanted to go to, I wanted to actually take a gap year and um, start my own clothing label and kind of explore that a little. And naturally having Asian parents, my dad was like, no, you should go study and go study fashion if you want to do that. So I was like, okay, that sounds fun. Um, so the first thing I actually like, got into was fashion design. Um, okay. <laughs> and... Left high school, I went to fashion college. Um, I did that for a year and a half and ended up realizing that I did not want to be in fashion. Um, But I can make all the clothes that you're wearing right now if you're giving me a sewing machine and some material. I can sew that t-shirt together that you're wearing. So, Of course you can. (laughs) Um, So that was like really my my first like venture into like the creative world on a professional level. And honestly, like fashion and studying fashion gave me a really good foundation for everything because everything is essentially birthed out of like the way fashion moves, right? It's Mm. the trend forecasting. It's the predictability. It's like the cycle of the world and the creative world repeating itself. It's like the nostalgia. It's, it's the forecasting into like the future of technology of how fashion comes together. Um, so it was like really my first kind of entry point into creativity. And, um, it's, it's since then, it's just honestly been an, an up and down of like having this like blessing and a curse of like getting bored very easily. Um, where I I do something and the moment I feel like I've reached a certain cusp or a certain level of understanding of something, I absolutely hate it and I want to move on. So I'm very aware of like reaching creative ceilings and then being like, okay, I'm done. Cheers. Um, to the point where I've, I've done everything from architectural drafting to web design to design to animation um, obviously photography and filmmaking, um, 
which are which of the two like filmmaking still is the only thing that really keeps my interest i'm not in that industry right now but it's been the one thing that i've, I've i could keep doing without getting bored yeah <laughs> um and yeah i've just i've been like you said i like i wear many hats essentially like i really feel like i'm an ideas guy i love just giving ideas i'm like put me in a room put me in a empty white room with a, a white a marker and ask me to come up with ideas and that's what i'll do like i've always been like that right i started in this headspace where i realized that i wanted to be creative and i realized that um it was an it's an infinite space right you can essentially keep going whereas like if you become something that's you become like a doctor you get to a point where you're like you know enough to be able to be a professional um and obviously there's like advancements in healthcare and all of that but you reach a point where you're like cool i'm comfortable now and i'm able to like go with the flow whereas in the creative world um the more i the more i like ventured into this like world of of like oblivion of creativity the more i realized how how little i knew and how yeah. much i wanted to know more of things right so um this is a long i mean this is a long story there's a long kind of yeah trajectory well, of maybe yeah maybe help i'll i'll help um steer it a little bit like i guess you you've dived into that creative oblivion (laughs) um and i Mm -hmm. actually really align with that i think it's very hard to stay consistent to one thing once you feel like you have reached um i guess a certain level and the interesting thing to me is that certain level is so subjective because Mm -hmm. i wanted to work for this company when i was uh, teenager this social enterprise and I ended up working there and I was there for three months and then I felt like oh I don't know I want to do I have other dreams like I want to keep pursuing my dreams it was sure. kind of like I reached it I saw how it worked and then I was like I love these guys and I'm for them I'm going to always support them but I need to go yeah. pursue my own dreams and then that continued to open doors mm. um, so I guess my question would be you went through fashion that gave you the tools to kind of uh, walk into what you're doing today. Mm -hmm. And photography, you're a part of the Instagramming boom, I guess. And that's a big Mm -hmm. part of, I think, why today you still have such a a large following. Mm -hmm. But how have you seen, how have you seen the trajectory of your creativity change? Mm. as you've been a photographer and then you've been a filmmaker i've i've seen it definitely change yeah do you feel that you're influenced by the world or do you feel that you are often trying to do things that no one else is doing yeah i mean it's it's funny you word it that way because like people would always ask me when i was like doing um full-time like instagram influencer travel stuff <laughs> yeah um, you were everywhere i, I was everywhere that. yeah it I was did annoying that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i did that um i did that full time for around four years so i mean it was it was really like an amazing time of my life um i don't i don't regret doing it at all it was a huge risk when i started and like you said it was part of like 
the boom. So it's funny because I remember looking. I <laughs> this is so crazy, but I remember being like, "Oh, what's a hashtag?" And then being like, "Oh, a hashtag is, oh, this is cool. I love Paris." So I looked up like hashtag Paris, and there were five thousand tags under hashtag Paris, and I remember being like this is amazing. And I like went through the tags and like followed some people and like did all of that. Um, but it's anyways, like that it's funny because whenever people used to interview me and be like, well, what is, what do you do when you go take photos? And what do you do when you travel to a new place? I always used to say like, I always try capture a photo that you can't Google. And that was kind of like my driving factor. Right. Um, and you see a lot of, yeah, and you see a lot of that nowadays where people travel to literally get a specific shot that everyone else has gotten. And um and like you said, it, it is hard now, but it's still very possible, right? And I think like I've always I've always taken that approach with um how I approach creativity is I'm I'm always like, okay, like what is the expected answer for this and how can I challenge it, right? So even when I went for my application into fashion college, um, it was funny because they, I remember, <laughs> this is such a silly question, but they're, um, another silly, a silly story, but like, I remember seeing the one question and it said, visualize this object from the side. And it was literally a, just a circle on this page. So I was like, naturally people would be like, draw a cylinder you know they would draw a cylinder and be like okay maybe it's a square or whatever I literally was like I drew this entire sculpture within the limitation of the cylinder shape of the circle and I both drew like this crazy like architectural structure and because like my dad's an architect so he's always he's always challenged me to see things differently and like look for the details, right? So um it's 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 just kind of the approach I've always had um with with like with creativity in general. Um and I guess like when I was doing like the full time photography, like it it was it was something that I realized that I needed to do and be very conscious of, right? Because it's easy to get into a place where you you go somewhere and you, you're like, oh, this person that I follow took this photo. I want to go there and take that. And you, you, yeah, and you like subconsciously automatically become this robotic photographer when you're in these places because you know that you saw at whoever whoever post this photo and get like 40,000 likes therefore it might it's probably the photo I need to take um and that's not the case right like so I guess I guess it's kind of like leaning leaning into what you said as like I've I've constantly pushed myself into a place where I can just keep going and keep um finding a way where I feel I find a level, a certain level of satisfaction, and then I pivot somewhere else where I can, I can go somewhere where I'm, I'm uncomfortable, because yeah. like in that like discomfort, that's essentially where you like find your passion again, right? Totally. Um. Yeah. 
So, again, I can't remember what the question was. No, 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 you're good. You don't even need to remember the question. I think it's just more a guide, a guide to send us somewhere. Um, but if, you know, for the listeners, for the people that are part of this community already, they're creatives, they're photographers, they're business people, um, they're aspi- aspiring dreamers, you know, mm. um, how, how do we, how do we look differently? How do we see something with a different perspective? Cause if we can move a little bit into what you're doing today, like you've always you've always been someone that is, does have incredible ideas. And, and funny enough for the listeners, how I stumbled upon Gareth, quick funny story, is I was following him on Instagram um, through, I think just Instagram. I just landed <laughs> on him one day, um, probably five or six years ago. And I'm showing one of my friend, friends, Heinke, um, this guy that I think is awesome. I'm like, this guy is so cool. I love his photography. Like it's blowing my mind. Um, and Heinke is like, oh, that's, that's, I know Gareth, like we're <laughs> mates. And I was like, no way. And it was the first time I've ever had a moment of like, um, fangirling, like proper fangirling. Cause I don't get bothered by like celebrities as such, but like when I'm really, when I'm following someone's life and they're, and in that time of Instagram, when I was very impressionable, that was just out of this world to me. Um, mm. and then I ended up traveling to the states and i got to spend a bit of time with you in chicago and you showed me the chicago way um yeah but you know i think in that time i i was just i was like i was watching you you know i was watching Mm. how you saw the world and what how you thought and like what you were taking photos of and um and you know i just like at that point it was still like (laughs) I can't believe I'm hanging out with this guy, yeah. but I'm like, I really hope he, he likes me and wants to hang out with me. <laughs> you know? um, because you, you know, you inspired me. And then today looking back, I think I've continued to, to what, to watch your journey. Um, and you do see differently. And so, mm. you know, thanks for, for doing that. I think first of all, and, um, and I think it's even, it's quite timely that we're having this conversation this year with everything that's going on, but yeah. Yeah. How have you, how have you continued to, to see differently? And, and I know yeah. today you're working for Havas, um, mm-hmm. which maybe you can speak to a little bit and Coca-Cola is your main client. What's, mm-hmm. what's that look like? Yeah, I think, I think part of it is, um, I mean, there's two questions in there, right? I think yeah. I think I kind of mentioned it earlier. It was just like I get bored very easily, and it's like a blessing and a curse. Um, and I think part of like being a dreamer is essentially um, setting up a few impossible expectations for yourself and being willing to take the risks yeah. to go for them, right? Um, I've got this like. I've got the saying, and I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, but like, I believe everyone should have at least one impossible dream in their life that they believe can come true. Yeah. Because the moment you believe in that dream and that it become, can become a reality, then suddenly everything else you put your mind to becomes easy. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey, I was listening to Tim Ferriss yesterday. Matthew yeah. McConaughey said something along the lines of, Hmm. One day I just realized the earth was flat 
And he's not like a flat earther, but just <laughs> <laughs> he just realized that every opportunity you mm. could just walk and get, it wasn't that the world was this big place anymore. It's like, oh yeah. no, like, and that I guess like I kind of thought about that because you told me earlier yeah. in this, you said, um, I'm gonna go to space one day, so mm. yeah, and you will. So I'm like, whoa, well, what's the dream <laughs> that's bigger than that? You know what I mean? What are you exactly, dreaming yeah. beyond that? That's crazy to me. Exactly, um, yeah. Anyway, so many questions. <laughs> I need to stop asking questions. No, it's good. So, <laughs> I told I I did tell you before we started this that I like to talk, so you ask me all the yeah. questions you want. <laughs> Hopefully we don't bore your uh your uh, listeners. No, no, <laughs> sorry, I think sorry they... in advance to all your listeners who um may not understand my South African accent and may get bored of me waffling about things. <laughs> There's some That's gems fair. in there, I promise. Yeah. Um but and then I think like, yeah, the second question is um, just kind of like my journey into uh, a full-time, full-time like creative direction career in advertising is I think, I think part of being a dreamer and part of being a creative is that um, you run the risk of becoming a very loose cannon where you run so fast and so like independent that you eventually find yourself in a place where you you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, what have I accomplished? And a lot of the time you feel, you feel a lot of like, um, you don't feel like that you've accomplished anything in your career, right? Um, and that's, that's something called like, that's imposter syndrome, whatever you want to call it. We can talk about that on another podcast maybe, but um <laughs> The thing that I've always done is I've always had, I've always had a lot of mentors. I've always had a lot of people around me who can, who can ground me in my thinking. Um, because I'm, I'm a very emotional person. Like I love, I love just going with my gut. I commit to things like instantly. I'm a, I'm like a go big or go home kind of guy. Um, and if I like put my mind to something, I, I get like borderline obsessive with it and I make it happen because I'm, I'm very resourceful. I know how to meet people that I need to meet, whatever you want to say, right? Um, but part of that is in my, in my previous like career as like a photography influencer, travel influencer, I always had mentors who, was, like, who were like saying, who would say, this isn't going to last forever. Make sure you're building something on the side. Make sure you're consulting the right people so when this all stops, you have something tangible to go by. And I listened to their advice and I like 100% was like, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. I, got, I had like a, a business coach. Um, his, his, his username is at Spilly with three L's, S-P-I-L-L-L-Y, um, <laughs> who is amazing. Like he's a, he's a business coach. He, he consults with a lot of um, creative agencies in South Africa, super smart. One of my other mentors, um, Craig Rodney, he actually owns the at South Africa handle. Super <laughs> smart guy. Yeah. Awesome dude. Like, and both these guys, both these guys like, like started off as mentors for me, but it but essentially became like really good friends. Um, and those are the two guys who like I would often talk to about my career because um they were just in in much 
bigger places, right? Craig, Craig's uh, was the MD of the biggest digital agency in Africa. Um, uh, Spilly is this like amazing consultant for advertising industry, and like I was actually one of his first like clients who w- was an independent creative, um, and. I just realized like with the dreaming, like as important as the dreaming is, you've got to root that in something. You've got to like build a foundation that you can keep building on top of. Because if you yeah just keep going forward in this dreaming and this this crazy like pursuit of like happiness within a creative career, um, you do honestly run this risk of getting to a point where things just don't make sense anymore. And yeah. you don't have anything to fall back on, right? Um, so that's kind of like the existential answer to your question around that. But um, I found my I found myself like at some point in my my career with like w- within with like photography and influence, I I just realized that I was I was not enjoying. If I'm a hundred percent honest, I like wasn't enjoying traveling anymore. Um, yeah. I, this is after visiting 36 different countries over the course of like three, three to year, three to four years, um, which in reality isn't a lot, but it's a lot to do in like that short oh, time 100%, span. Man. Um, and I got to a point where I just knew I needed a change. Um, and I ended up, I've always like been a networker. I love people and I love meeting people. So Along the way, I would really bump into people who I kept in touch with, obviously. And some of those people are now like my closest friends. Um, There's one particular person who I met, ended up, long story short, kept in touch over the course of a year, kept bumping into each other, and then eventually offered me a job (laughs) and moved Mm. me to Chicago. And it was just perfect timing because I reached this cusp of like, okay, I'm kind of not satisfied with where I am now. I need something different. I was actually planning to start a um, a studio in South Africa with a friend of mine. And the month we were planning to kind of start getting funding and like kick it off the ground was the month I got offered the job to move to the US. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it all it all kind of like falls together, right? When you when you're very intentional about things, I guess things always end up finding you when, when you need them the most. Um, in saying that though, because I think we're always, you know, we can like right now we're talking kind of about the, just the flow. Like it sounds like it's really just been easy. I know it hasn't, but yeah. um, you were going to open a studio with a friend Mm. and that didn't happen Mm -hmm. was your friend upset like how did you decide to go for chicago yeah you know how did you make that decision so i mean my friend and i still like we're still very good friends like we we know we know we'll be in like business together one day um we studied together so it was like a a fun uh no we actually studied um film and tv together 
Cool. I didn't know you studied that. Amazing. Yeah, so I've actually got a... I, when I left fashion, I didn't finish my fashion degree. I actually um, went back to study and I got, a, I've, I got a Bachelor of Arts in like visual communication. So that's kind of what my, my like studying, you know, like my, my like, what do you call it? My career, my degrees in. Amazing. Um, but yeah, we've always like kept in touch. We still chat like often um but like yeah in that moment i think i i think so i've always been the person who will go the most un, the, the most unpredictable route yeah right so and that's in itself is like a matter of perspective but i'm like i'm like yeah i have no idea if this is going to work out and what's going to happen that's exactly why I want it. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and yeah, I just, I just like committed to it, you know, um, I sold everything I owned in South Africa, moved to the U S um, with eight suitcases and half of those suitcases were sneakers and art. And like, <laughs> and that Does was you collect it. sneakers, don't I you? I do, I do. You collect sneakers. I've dialed back yeah. for sure because I'm, I'm like an overspender. But oh my goodness, <laughs> yeah, you, I, yeah, you're like the one person I know that has more toys than anyone else. Like just sneakers, and I'm always seeing. When it wasn't, I think this year I've seen you less um, on social media. Mm. But I feel like stories-wise, maybe the past two years before that, you it was just always photos of sneakers, always climbing shoes, Obsession. basketball shoes. <laughs> are you still climbing? Like you... I, I climb when I I climb when I can. Like the community's not as big here. I was, I was still climbing uh, yeah, quite often in, in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he, you're in Atlanta now. I yeah. think we mentioned that. Yeah. yeah, in Atlanta now. Moved here about a year ago. Um, I think you did mention that I, I work, um, I still work for Havas and my main client is Coca-Cola. So I, I lead the creative team that does anything that goes out on at Coca-Cola. So, um, anything you'd see on like the Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, um, is, is something that like my team or my, or I've created, which is really exciting. It's like, kind of funny because I like stopped caring about I wouldn't say stop caring but like <laughs> caring a little less about my own Instagram and now I care more yeah. about like Coca-Cola's Coca-Cola. Instagram well that oh my goodness <laughs> okay so I the Stranger Things collab was that your doing so that was that was when I that was when I started at, at okay. Coke right yeah cool. so we basically just elevated that conversation when it happened um, but yeah, the actual collab was definitely not my doing it, but we, <laughs> okay. we had to make a, we made, we had to make like a kind of like a, a stunt of it when, when it went live. Um, but that was yeah. awesome. Like that was, that was part of the reason why I decided to move here was because of that collab. And I was like, Oh, awesome. They're doing cool things with, with, uh, with, um, stranger things and, and like Netflix yeah. and all of that. And like, it's funny because I knew, um, I knew that Eleven was gonna lose her powers <laughs> three months before the series came out, and it was because of 
this like it was it was the worst like we were on i remember being on a call with the netflix people and we we're trying to figure out how to build this like cool snapchat filter and basically what we ended up what they ended up telling us was like oh i don't know if you guys they remember spoiled it Oh. Yeah, they 100% spoiled it. But what remember, <laughs> right? <laughs> but remember, in the first season, Eleven was in the lab and she crushes that can of Coke. Yeah. So they they told us that in the second season, um, at the end, towards the, and I'm sorry for everyone who hasn't seen the second, the second season, season. But she she picks up a can of new Coke. And right, puts it on the trash can, yeah. And she can't crush the can because she's lost her powers. So, so we were like, "Oh my gosh, that's like a really interesting way in, whatever." So we ended up building the Snapchat filter that basically was a timed filter that before um, before the season got launched, you could use the filter and you could crush the can by like crunching your eyes yeah and then a few days after the series launched it limited a certain amount of users um <laughs> by taking away that ability of crushing the can that's amazing bro so we we literally like just aligned it it was like really fun and then if you flip the world around to like the world lens um you like went into the upside down world but um yeah, that was that was something that my team did. Is we basically like built out the the lenses yeah. and uh, all the social content that went after that. Because you you think something I've noticed with you is that I think you think in the perspective of community a lot. You think about um, you you don't think about just a single person, which I think is important. You think about how are people going to engage with this with each other and how can we, you know? And I think that that's actually a really incredible skill that you have um thanks <laughs> yeah well with i guess with coca-cola today and now i feel like i probably should follow them because <laughs> that's what you, <laughs> like that's gareth um <laughs> what i don't know how much you can speak to this but like where is where is coca-cola heading <laughs> what are they doing like yeah what are they what are they communicating right now in sure. a time where everything is kind of the the heightened conversation is very yeah i'm not going to make this environmental but you know what i mean like what what's kind of the the narrative yeah well i mean i think especially in 2020 with um the pandemic hitting and then you know just a, a ton of like movements happening around the world um a lot of what we do from like a social team is is very like is very sensitive to what's going on, right? So, yeah. um, and that's kind of like what the expertise of our team is. We've got, I've got like an amazing team of creatives, like strategists, account directors, like who, who are all in the heartbeat of like current culture, right? Which yeah. essentially is very hard to do. Um, and I'm absolutely not just like patting ourselves on the back, but it, it's hard to do and it's hard to stay relevant in a time, especially for a brand that's like really iconic, right? So yeah, um, we've always, we've always kind of like been on the heartbeat of what's happening in the world. Um, obviously when the pandemic hit, um, it was a, it was a huge, like a huge point of stress for everyone in the world. Um, and people look to big brands nowadays to, to kind of find 
um, find hope, I guess, in a certain way. Yeah. Um, and Coke's the the kind of like approach with Coke is is like that they're, they're the most optimistic brand um, on social media, right? So you'll never find us kind of roasting people like Wendy's does. You'll never find us being exclusive. Um, so there's a very high like standard of like coolness, but also um, positivity that just exudes out of the profile. If I mean, if you browse on the Instagram account, you'll just see like positive messaging, um, messages of hope, messages of like, of just like super positive, um, what do you call it? Like, just like a, a light within the world right now, right? Yeah, so, which is really interesting. I would yeah. have never, I guess I've never really engaged enough in the Coca-Cola brand because mm. I don't really drink soft drink. But Sure. <laughs> but, but that's the funny thing too, is yeah. like, if you go to the Instagram, you'll actually notice that there there isn't any product on that on the account. We don't talk really? about product. So I'm going to follow it right now. <laughs> yeah. Check it out. Like and yeah. obviously when the pandemic hit and then also with um all the quality conversations happening, we've pivoted a lot of the voice to to kind of relevant conversation right now. Um Oh yeah, wow. But you'll see like a lot of it is is partnerships. Um I'm a big advocate of, of Oi, giving... NASA. I'm not following NASA. That's so bad. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just on Instagram right now, listeners. I'm going to follow NASA. I apologize. NASA and Coca-Cola today, people. Well done. Anyway. Well done. <laughs> you get two points. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, Sorry. I, I am listening. I, I no, that no was worries. unempathetic of me. <laughs> no worries. But yeah, the, I think the the kind of trajectory of where we were headed with the account prior to the pandemic was it's all about positivity um we we activate we activate every year on world kindness day which is like in november wow. um and that's that's just a big kind of drive as a as an accountant as a brand right so um the trajectory of it was like i've always i always want like the account to feel human we don't ever yeah. want the account to feel like it's a brand we want it to feel like real and and like kind of authentic um and if you go through the profile you'll see we collab with artists all the time um i i do not downplay um the opportunity i have to be able to work with amazing artists and give give them the opportunity to work with a brand like coke right so yeah. Um, those are the things that I know that like kind of the, the cool element of Coke that is really exciting for me. Um, yeah, because you could put people on the map, you know, like yeah. you're you're not only. Yeah, you're not only Gareth Pond, which I think in your own right, man, like you could definitely help like you could definitely put people, I think, on the map in your own right. But um you're looking for something special and I think that you're really good at seeing that um, mm. and not just giving not just giving platform or opportunity to people that maybe aren't going to use it for the right thing so would you say that when you're looking for artists and people to collaborate with you're looking for the messaging and the mm. the humanity that they share with the world and you're trying to amplify that or yeah well especially with with coke you want to be able to align 
um, align with the people you're working with, right? So yeah, um, I love working with the small fryers. So we will very rarely work with people who have like millions of followers. Yeah. I I want to find the person who's like, at like maybe five thousand or a thousand, but they're an amazing artist or an amazing musician or amazing dancer, and have them kind of collaborate. Um, and give them the opportunity, right? So, um, but yeah, I think I think the way of and kind of like dialing back away from Coke is like yeah, I've always please. I've always seen um, I've always I've always loved approaching creativity with an open hand, right? Yeah. So everything I learn and everything I've experienced, I essentially want to give that opportunity to someone else too. So with i mean my my history with like working with multiple brands as an influencer i'm like cool i've got that platform now to be able to give that away i'm going to absolutely do that yeah um and i think that from a creative standpoint and from a professional standpoint like that really gives that really gives you the opportunity to to find um continual like inspiration as a creative right because if you love with an open hand and you're continually giving and giving and giving you'll always have yeah whereas if you hold on tight to like your experiences and your values and whatever as a creative you that's all you will have <laughs> yeah and you'll essentially run out of the inspiration the excitement the this the that like i i like thrive on a plenty of friends of mine i've always told them i'm like if you ever need to figure out how to price for a job or you need some like a pick me up and you're like i just need to speak to someone and kind of like bounce budgets off or like get an idea or this or that like i'm like i've told tons of my friends that they can always come to me like i was talking i was talking to a friend this week about this and he's um he was like struggling to kind of like put numbers on paper for like a job that he was quoting for and i was like <laughs> i yeah. struggle with that as well man it's, it's like so yeah. hard yeah it's super hard and like mm. essentially um i know that like i may not have all the answers but i can share all the things that i've learned working with some of the biggest brands in the world um prior to being in the position i am now right yeah and I think the opportunity is the more you do that, the more rewarding it is and the more you give and help people to find the opportunities to like pursue their dreams and like pursue um, things that at the end of the day is what I find most like fulfilling and rewarding is to be able to help. You're elevating people. Yeah. And I would say I'm the same. Like that's why this podcast exists, you know? Yeah. Um, it's what I think about most. Um, and yeah, it's, it's fulfilling. Like it's yeah. purposeful. Um, I think you and I, yeah, like you and I share, I guess the same faith in a way. And I think in that as mm. well, um, the generosity and giving, giving people, giving to people is, it's yeah. just, I think it's just everything. It, it just does really um, give you, a yeah. sense of worth you know yeah so true um, man yeah that's so cool i um i'd love to know 
you know, practically for the listeners, what are what are some consistent things that you've seen in in working with brands and, you know, um, valuing yourself and valuing your own work um, mm. with with pitching pricing and with, um, you know, for someone that hasn't started yet and for someone that's in the thick of it, maybe like myself, yeah, I'm back and forth all the time with with pricing with with um branding with messaging all that stuff's really tricky yeah any anything that kind of has stood out to you one thing i always say to people is like you've got to always value yourself because if you don't value yourself and your work then your client will never value your work so and that that boils down into like a lot of different things right it's like the level of like professionalism that you have it's it's like the pricing it's everything um, but if you think about it, like, let's say I'm quoting for a job and the client's like, how much is this going to cost? And I go back to with, oh, it's going to be like a thousand dollars for a three day shoot. Indirectly, what you're saying to them is I am worth three, th- I'm, I'm worth a thousand dollars for three days. And that's, yeah. and that's low, like. Yeah, it, I thought that. <laughs> it's low, okay? Yeah. For the for yeah. clarity, that I think that, yeah. that, that is low. For clarity, that is low. <laughs> but if you go back to the clients and you're like, oh, yeah, that job's going to be a $50,000 job. This is why I'm going to break it down. Here's the line items. Here's the assistant breakdown. Here's the production cost. This is the gear I need to rent, all, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you kind of showcase, firstly, like your self-worth and you're like, yeah, I feel like I'm worth, I mean, and I made that number up. I made fifty thousand dollars up, but I, I, I feel like yeah. I'm fifty worth fifty thousand dollars for three days, and this is why. The clients react to you and they say like, okay, maybe you're a little steep or inexpensive, but because you're, Kurt, you're worth paying that money because we came to you, right? Obviously, like straight out of college or straight off the bat, like don't charge $50,000 for a three-day shoot because people will yeah. laugh at you. Um, <laughs> I still haven't. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's that's the essential, like, most difficult thing as a creative is to put a price to your work, right? And if you think about it and if you compare it to working out, I don't know how much you work out, anymore or if you do but I do yeah <laughs> if you compare it to working out you've got to kind of like continually do a bit of trial and error to figure out like the right workout you for your body and your your body type you've got to figure out the right eating system you've got to figure out the right time of the day to work out and there's a bit of trial and error there until you find your optimum working out fitness like performance yeah. level and it's the same with creativity, right? When you're starting off, you're just like fumbling about a bit and you're fumbling about and you're like trying to figure out your style and you're trying to figure out your costing and your pricing. But um, you eventually get to a point where you're faced with that decision, like how much do you cost for a day? And the reason why it's so hard is because what you're subconsciously doing is saying, I am worth a thousand dollars a day or i am worth two hundred dollars a day what i'm and i'm making these numbers up so don't 
all you listeners don't hear these numbers and think that's how much you need to charge a day, but um, essentially that's what you're doing, right? As creators, we're very insecure and very scared of asking for money. So I flipped that on its head. And um, again, like my mentors, spoke to my mentors a lot about this, but don't be scared of asking for money. Like don't be scared of asking for your worth because if you're willing to be brave and take the step and ask for the amount of money you want to make for that day or for a job, um, you'll eventually weed out all the clients who are the low playing clients and only get in the clients that are decent playing clients. Because the moment you start honoring yourself is the moment other people start honoring you. Like, and I'll give you an example of that. It's like I, um, I, when I when I left college, I was doing a lot of really boring corporate videos, and I hated every minute of it. And um, I got home the one day, and I was like super stressed. I had multiple projects that were outstanding. Sat down, and was like lying on my. I like lay down on my couch, and I was like. In a, in a moment, I realized I wasn't honoring my medium. So, and what I mean by that, I realized that I wasn't honoring um, filmmaking in the in the sense of how I wanted to eventually become a filmmaker or creative. Because um, I, was, I was doing all these really bare basic corporate jobs just to get money in. And indirectly dishonoring my skill set by doing those jobs so and it's a hard thing to face that so like after that day i finished all those jobs and i was like that was always my fault i was like okay which jobs am i am i gonna take on and which jobs are gonna am i gonna project out into the world so those then attract more of those kind of jobs that i want to do um so that's kind of like more like the psychology of like how I think about freelancing and pricing and, and like honoring yourself as an individual, because like the one thing that's super real. And I, I think I mentioned it earlier in the podcast is like imposter syndrome, right? Yeah. One of the reasons you. why we underprice ourselves as creatives or lowball ourselves is because we feel like imposters. We're like, yeah, I could charge 10,000 for this, but, I don't know if I'm worth it, so I'm gonna charge like three thousand. Yeah, I still and I I face that the most with like when I kind of know the people. Yeah. <laughs> when I get yeah. asked, you know, um, I got asked for a job yesterday and I underquoted. <laughs> sure. Um, and I felt it in the moment, but you know, in hindsight, like I could have charged more, but I'm. I'm like, I'm happy with, like, I'm happy to do the job for what I quoted, but their response was just like, yeah, of course, like, I'll pay that. Like, just even just this conversation with you has already made me feel more at ease about this project. And I like, I w I'm happy to pay whatever, whatever it costs. Mm -hmm. And after they said that, I was like, oh, I should have, like, I should have quoted more. Or I should have quoted the number that I actually thought immediately, but then I lowered it because I was like, oh, you're a mate. It's not yeah. going to be long. It's probably only going to take an hour this shoot yeah. you know yeah so i was like probably gonna take an hour blah blah blah. won't be hard <laughs> to edit but i was thinking of the logical side 
you know, but what I'm bringing to them is a sense of ease, security, yeah. creative direction. I'm bringing all of that value. And I forget that in a moment when it comes to pricing and I'm still learning a lot about it. Um, totally, yeah. commercially, commercially want to get us to do stuff. It's a lot easier for me to be like, they're a company, this mm. is the breakdown, you know, hiring gear. And I can, and I usually, that's where I make the most money. Yeah. Um, but when it's more personal portraiture or a proposal or a wedding, or that's kind of what I'm been shooting at the moment, I find it harder. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Ab- absolutely. And I think, I mean, don't, don't lose like being a nice guy, right? Like, I mean, if you yeah. feel like you can pull a favor for your mate, like totally do it, you know? Yeah. Um, but then also like the flip side of that is like, if one of your friends is like the best brain surgeon in the world and you, they get, you need brain surgery and he's like, oh, yeah, he's a mate. So I'm going to like cut back on getting the right, like medical equipment just so I can like, and like cut back on my costing a little like here, just so I can like, cause he's yeah. a mate. You know, it's like, it's like, it's, it's, a, it, it's, 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 um, and the, and then coming it. back to like that imposter syndrome, you're like, why do we do that? Mm. It's because we essentially like creativity gets a bad rap because it's just creative. It's just creativity, but no, it's not. Like you said it yourself, like when people are approaching you, they're approaching you for your, your brain, your like skill set, your approach to the work your sense of ease when you are working with someone like and they're essentially paying for kurt like yeah and that's and that's really it like it's um it's not something that's unfortunately unfortunately it's not something that's measurable where you can say like okay well kurt plus this plus that equals 5,000. You can't. Like, there's no there's yeah. no measurable aspect of that. Because I'm very logical, and I think... Yeah. I, th- I then think in numbers, and I think about, like, outcomes, and I really... I, I often miss that value thought. Mm-hmm. I often miss it until post-conversation. So often I'll say, hey, th-, like, I should have said this yesterday, but I'll be like, hey, thanks for, like, letting me know. I'll shoot you, like, I'll shoot you an email um with the rates and yeah. we can and that gives me that space to then break it down and show them but it's it's on the spot when i really want a job or i'm really excited about something that yeah. i just like under, i underquote and that's okay like you just you gotta rule, learn rule of thumb is never say numbers over a phone oh thank you <laughs> ne- never like never say a number over a phone call ever because because like Let's say you throw out a number, right? And then you go back to the drawing board and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to need like 10 times the amount of lights. I'm going to need this. I'm going to need that. When you go back to their clients and you're like, actually, um, it's going to be like triple the price because of this. They're going to think you're an asshole because you're like set a number on the phone and now you don't take advantage, right? Like, um, at, And like it gives you the time to to properly like investigate what you'll need your time your calendar all of that stuff and you're actually doing the client a job because unless the client comes to you first with a figure in mind 
um, on the phone, don't agree to that figure either. Always say, I'll come back to you, like no matter what. Um, even if they're like, yeah, our max budget is $20,000 or like $5,000. You'd be like, cool, let me, let me like look, look at, let me look at things and the numbers and like, I'll get back to you to see if that'll work. Like, yeah. cause, cause the moment you just accept it, it's like, and this is Did he whole... really think about it? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Did he really value me? Did he actually take the time to see <laughs> yeah. what I need? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And you're, you're essentially like, you've got to just be careful with how you price yourself out because, um, indirectly you're telling the people like what you feel your worth is yeah yeah completely well i think that you and i could talk about this for another hour (laughs) (laughs) there's so much i could talk to you about Um, but i like to end each podcast with five flash questions okay so just answer them as they come Wait, uh, how long do these questions? How long do these answers need to be? <laughs> uh, they <laughs> as quick they as can possible. be as quick they can be as quick as you want them to be. But if you need to take a little longer on it, it's okay. Okay. <laughs> um, what's your favorite film or series at the moment? Favorite film is Big Fish, and will always be Big Fish. It's like basically my life. So if you watch that, you'll get a really good understanding on how I think. Um, my favorite series is Dexter, which I'm about to rewatch because they really? just announced the new season, which oh, is coming wow. out in 2021, and I cannot wait. That's kind um, of... That's scary. <laughs> I love... I love serial it's killer It's so series. methodical. It makes sense because you're logical. You're like, yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's one book that's left a mark on you? Hmm. Um, there's a book that I didn't actually finish, but I read a while ago called Predictably Irrational. And it's a, it's it's not a fictional book. It's it's like a psychological book. Um, and I won't go into too much detail, but essentially it it talks about um why we think the way we think and why we assume things in yeah. our minds. Um, and it's been like, it's just super helpful because it's like challenged the way I think. I did read it a while ago, so um, I'm probably due for another rerun, but I'm on, I'm honestly actually not a huge reader, which yeah. surprises a lot of people. I'd rather watch Dude, the movie. <laughs> every, like, and I would say this, the listeners know this now, but most people that I interview say that. <laughs> Which makes me laugh because when I listen to Tim Ferriss or Brene Brown or some of the people I love that are podcasters, everyone seems to always have a book and they're always so stoked. And most of my people that I interview are like, I don't really read, you know? I I've, been doing, paint. I've been <laughs> doing a lot books. of Audible. Yeah, I've been doing yeah, a lot of Audible. Audiobooks. Um, a little life hack is if you, I listen to all my audiobooks at two times the speed because okay. even though it, it takes a little like getting used to when you like listen because you have to super, you have to like concentrate like super, super hard to understand what the person's saying. But because you're concentrating so hard, you remember everything and you get okay. through the book in half the time. <laughs> 
<laughs> that says a lot about your personality. <laughs> yeah. <it does. laughs> oh my gosh. Um, what's one piece of advice you would tell your younger self? Um, on a practical side, I'd say don't don't be lazy, and you should have started a YouTube channel when you started traveling. <laughs> that's Aww. that's one piece of advice. Um, I would also say. I would probably tell my younger self to like embrace failure f- sooner. Okay. Because that's something I learned um, a lot later in life and um, something that I am still learning. So I wish I'd just got a head start on that. Yeah, <laughs> I- I'm with you on that one. Um, what does becoming mean to you? Hmm. I think... I think becoming, I could probably tie that back to something that my film professor taught me. And yeah, it's like the degrees of knowing, right? You start off and you, you know that you don't know. And then you learn a little more. And then you kind of know that you know. And then you get to level of professionalism. And then you know that you know. And then you get to a point where you realize that you know that you know, but you don't know, and then you know nothing. (laughs) So becoming, essentially, is like that cycle of getting to a point of realizing that you know nothing. (laughs) That's amazing. I almost, that's actually, I think about that a lot. Every time I get closer to where I think I'm going to arrive... I never arrive and that's actually why I called up I called it up and becoming because it's I don't think we ever arrive I just don't think yeah. we do yeah I think yeah we we die but like <laughs> maybe we still never arrive you know <laughs> and and the people who feel like they have arrived become really boring and lame so it's you know <laughs> exactly you, you can't have to arrive expanding. but it's boring you know <laughs> Yeah, and there's goals, obviously, reaching goals, but just that idea of actually becoming something and then yeah. that just being as is. We're ever moving, ever evolving. Um, the last question is, uh, what are you dreaming about right now? I am dreaming about going to space. Um, That's amazing. I actually signed up for this thing last year with this organization called Space for Humanity. And they basically, their mission is to send um, citizen astronauts to space to kind of like set the next, um, the next like set of ambassadors for the world to like pioneer people into the future because um, there's this thing called the overview effect that when you see Earth um, from space, it becomes this like thing you want to nurture. Every astronaut who's ever been into space has experienced that. And that's their whole drive is like with the kind of like with space tourism coming up and all of that, they um, want to get as many people into space as possible so that we can start caring for our world and our planet again. Wow. Um, it's really awesome. You should, you should look, you should look them up. Oh, well, um, but I actually, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. But I actually applied um, to become a citizen astronaut last year. And I found out a couple of months ago that I made it to the second round. And Amazing. Yeah, it's super exciting. Um, 
and they're the kind of next level of outreach that they're gonna do the they're gonna reach out to me before the end of the year and kind of do an interview and figure things out but i mean it's it possibly Mm. might happen that i'll be going to space next year so next year next year the year after Uh, they're already taking people to space yeah they are they're um so they've already got existing partnerships with spacex blue origin virgin galactic um and there's a few others but they've set up these partnerships already and the moment that it becomes like like a viable option to send people to space they're gonna start sending people to space so well i normally don't ask a sixth question but i'm going to for this episode since you're already gonna go to space gareth pon what do you what's the what's the next dream oh man that's a good question <laughs> I can't think of anything more impossible than space travel right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, that's okay. We can we can leave that there. But um, I I, I think, just think that's crazy to me. <laughs> the next dream is finding finding a girl whose dreams are as uh, finding a girl whose dreams are as impossible as mine. Wow! <laughs> wow! 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 That's 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 I'm floored. <laughs> well for any listeners if you have a bigger dream than gareth pond's dream to travel to space jump into his dms <laughs> um gareth i feel like we should have just done a conference and talked all day but um <laughs> i am really grateful for you thank you so much for being on up and becoming um was there anything that you'd like to leave with us, like the listeners, any any little encouragements um, before we sign off? Um, I would just say, I think like the thing I've been telling myself lately is just take ownership of who you are. Um, sometimes we forget and sometimes we we don't realize that essentially everything is up to you at the end of the day and things won't happen to you things um will always come your way and sometimes you've just gotta take that ownership don't be a scaredy cat and just run with it awesome don't be a scaredy cat own who you are that's a great way to end this episode (laughs) well thank hey (laughs) thanks so much man yeah it's a pleasure well, that was Gareth Pond, space traveler, Coca-Cola creative director, filmmaker. What an incredible guy, hey. Um, I truly just felt so inspired um, to be able to sit and just have a conversation with him. Um, and I hope you did too. And if Up and Coming is helping you, uh, as always, please share it with your friends. Share it on Instagram. Let someone know specifically what spoke to you because that always helps me when I'm sharing things that help me remember. And I'm really excited about what's coming up for Up and Becoming. Um, We've got some incredible people lined up. So stay tuned. This is Kurt Bingham and you're listening to Up and Becoming.